Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. All right. Grace and peace. We are back in Bible study tonight, and we are um, uh, continuing on, continuing studying the promises of God. And we have understood that God's promises are great and they are vast and they encompass a lot of things. And so we understand that God's promises uh, does not only, uh, he does not only promise spiritual blessings, but he promises future blessings and he promises personal blessings. And that's kind of where we are right now uh, with the personal blessings. And we understand that the spiritual blessings encompass salvation, it encompasses new life, it encompasses forgiveness and the Holy Spirit and his word, Uh, it encompasses spiritual growth and spiritual gifts, love and hope. And then we understand that God promises future blessings and we understood that he promised not only spiritual blessings, that we all stand in need of, and sometimes we don't understand them. And going back to our, the premise of this Bible study, the fundamental scripture that founds this Bible study is First John, the second chapter and the 16th verse, where it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of this world. So we understand that all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And so uh, God has promised us blessings, not according to uh, the systems of the world, not according to the world, but he promised us life according to his kingdom, to live in his kingdom and to be a part of his kingdom. And so we understand the spiritual blessings, although we don't quite uh, understand them. Uh, Some of them we don't quite understand because they don't relate to our ideology of what life is and what life is supposed to be. And so we understand because most of us operate from our ego. Um, Basically, I am what I have. And my possessions define me. And so sometimes salvation kind of throws us for a loop because we, um, we, um, are you still there? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Because I have a call coming in. I didn't know if you were still there. And, 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 And we have an ideology of what life is supposed to be like. And so what God presents to us is so foreign that we have to reacclimate because we all we all we most of us identify ourselves with uh, what we have and what I pos- and what and what we possess and then or what we do or what our achievement and how much we have achieved or accomplished and then by what others think of us 
But when Christ gives us salvation, it is not predicated on what I had. It is not predicated on what I do. It's not predicated upon what others think of me. It's predicated on his free gift of redeeming me back to the Father. And so he has promised us spiritual blessings, although we don't quite uh, conceive of what they really mean. But as we continue to walk in his grace and his goodness, the light comes on, and all of a sudden we begin to understand that we are saved and that we have a new life and that we can walk in freedom and the liberty of forgiveness and the blessing of the Holy Spirit and his word and deliverance from evil. It's a blessing to be delivered from evil. You know, so we thank God for the spiritual blessings that he has promised us. And then he promised us, and most of us uh, associate and equate salvation uh, or the blessing of God with future blessings, um, eternal life and life after death and Jesus' return in heaven. And so, yes, these are blessings of God, although they're future blessings. Uh, it does not mean that we should be so heavenly-minded that we're no earthly good, that our focus, of course, our goal is eternal life, and our goal is life after death, and our goal is to meet Jesus when he returns, and our goal is heaven. But as we... Uh, uh, pilgrimage through this land, there are things that we need to learn to do and learn how to live in this plane before we get to eternal life so that we can have eternal life. And then uh, God promises us personal blessings, and that's kind of where we are right now. And so I'm so thankful that God uh, uh, is so um I want to know, say that he's so involved with the intricate details of my life. You know, sometimes um, when I was a young mother, it, was, it appeared that nobody really could understand my, uh, my place in life and the things that concerned me and the things that were important to me. But that's what I appreciated about God because he did not think of them as little or light. Everything that was... Uh, uh, a concern of me, I could take it to him, and he understood. He understood the, uh, uh, the, 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 the challenge of being a young mother and being a young wife and learning to uh, change your mindset from the mindset of the world and taking on his mindset of being submissive to my husband, although my mind would tell me that I should not submit to anyone, all right? But God understood the things that plagued me as a young woman, as a young mother, and he did not kick them to the curb, but he entertained my dilemmas. He entertained my questions. He entertained my uh, 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 story. So we thank God for his personal blessings that he's so intricately involved in our lives that, you know, it blessed me to know that not even a sparrow falls to the ground and he does not even know it. So if a sparrow falls to the ground, how much more is he concerned about the things that I'm concerned about? He's concerned about the things that causes me stress. 
He's concerned about the things that causes me to uh, be challenged. And then he empowers me to become an overcomer. He walks with me and talks with me, and he helps me uh, to overcome and to become all that he has designed me to be. Because when I was a young woman, it took uh, a lot uh, coming out of the world and, and understanding the word of God and specifically the word of God that says that you should submit to your husband. And the Lord had to deal with me with that because I did not understand that uh, paradigm. I just did not understand that. But then there was one thing that the God, the Lord helped me with was to define relinquishing and submitting. And he showed me that submission was a voluntary act. Nobody can make you submit, although they may require you to submit, no one can make you submit. It is a voluntary act. And until you can come to the place where you voluntarily submit yourself, you have not submitted. Because God, uh, some people uh, equate and associate submission with relinquishing. And God never asks us to relinquish anything. He asks us to submit. For example, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, God did not ask him to relinquish his manhood or his Godhead or his authority. He just asked him to submit. So Jesus willingly submitted because he said that I could call a legion of angels to come down and rescue me right now, but he took on the uh, uh, the paradigm or the or or the um, the manner of submission, and nobody can make you submit. You voluntarily submit. And so the things of God, God does not make you do anything. He only asks you, and he uh, 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 asks you to uh, uh, volunteer. It has to be, you have to have a willing heart, a willing spirit, and that's all that God is requiring of us is a willing heart and a willing spirit, a yielded heart and a yielded spirit. That's what God requires of us, a yielded heart and a yielded spirit. And so we thank God for uh, a yielded spirit. I remember a time when I was very young in Christ and the Lord was dealing with me and, and he was really trying to break me. And I was in a, a, a debate or more, more or less an argument with my husband. And um, uh, I, was being, I, was, I wasn't saying anything. I really wasn't saying anything because I did not want to sin. I did not want to cause my father any shame. I did not want to get out of character. So I was not saying anything. And after a while... Uh, the Lord spoke to me and said to me to yield, to yield. And so although I wasn't saying anything and although I wasn't getting out of character, I did not have a yielded spirit. And so uh, with the yielded spirit, it allows you to hear. It allows you to communicate. You're not standing in opposition. You're not standing being defensive, but you have a yielded 
open spirit. So this is what God is requiring of us. He's requiring of us yielded, open, submit, submitted spirits. And so here he is uh, promising us personal blessings. And one of the personal blessings that we really did not go over was strength. And so in these particular times when we are challenged, God promises us strength. In those particular times when we, uh, when we, when, when we are pushed uh, to the limit and we can't stand anymore, God promises us strength. And so we thank God for the, for the spiritual, the, the personal blessings. Uh, uh, Psalms 29 and 11, it says, the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Okay? And so he said, he will give you strength. And when you, when you are feeling faint and when you are feeling weak and when you're feeling overcome by circumstances, God has promised us strength. And then he said, he'll bless his people with peace. And so, actually, when it all comes down to it, all that man really desires is peace. He just wants to be happy and peaceful. That's all man really, really wants is to have peace. Because there's nothing like turbulence in your life and turbulence all the time. And I remember when um, my husband and I were a lot younger, and we just had turbulence in our life. Every time we turned around, it was turbulent, just turbulent. And I spoke to my, um, she was, she's my stepmother, and I said, does everybody, is everybody's life like this? And she looked at me and shook her head and said, no, <laughs> everybody's life is not like this. And so I began to pray for order. God, send order to my life. Send peace, oh God, to my life because it is turbulent. I can't find rest. I can't find peace anywhere. I, everything is in a disarray and everything is out of order. And so God gave me strength to endure and to put things in order, to bring the turbulence under control, to bring my life under control. And so we thank God for the promise of strength. He promised us strength. He promised that he would strengthen us and give us strength. Okay, uh, in Isaiah, the 40th chapter and the 29th verse, he says he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. And so God has promised that he will give power to the faint. And so when we feel like we want to give up, then we need to look to Jesus. We need to look to him because he promised to give us, give power to the faint. And I said Jesus, not God, because Jesus is the representation of who God is in the earth. And so I use Jesus and God interchangeably because he and the Father are one. And so uh, I don't want you to think that I don't know what I'm talking about when I say God and then when I say Jesus. But he gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, 
he increases strength. And so, you know, I never really was concerned about not having a whole lot of strength because God has always been my resource, has always been my strength, has always been my avenue, has always been my help in the time of need. You know, the scripture says he's an ever-present help in the time of need. So we thank God for the promise of strength in our lives. We thank God that he promises us that he will strengthen us. And also in Isaiah, the 40th chapter and the 31st verse, a very familiar scripture, he says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. And so these are, are, are a lot of allegories that they placed in this particular scripture. But when it says they that wait, I, I like to take the term wait uh, not as uh, patiently waiting, but serving uh, as a waiter waits on you at the table. They that wait upon the Lord, they that wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. And so in my waiting on God, in my serving him, in my uh, 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 worshiping him, waiting on him, serving him, then he shall renew my strength, okay? And I shall mount up with wings as eagles. And so this allegory um, of wings as eagles, it's like eagles, I understand that eagles' wings, Span about six feet, and they're very, very strong. They can mount up against storms and winds, and they can fly very high. And so he's he's relating this to the strength of an eagle, one that soars above his circumstances, one that soars above the storm, okay? And he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. We're going to mount up above the turbulence and the storms in our lives, and they shall run and not be weary. Uh, I think he's relating it to uh, one of the uh, animals in the nature, uh, and I'm thinking of um, oh, I can't think of that little animal that runs so fast they outrun they outrun lions and tigers, and they just run and continue to run, and they don't really get tired. And then the scripture says, and they shall walk and not faint. And the scripture continues that although the young men may fail. but you will continue in your strength. And so uh, I remember a time when I was um, exercising and uh, we went to Victory Fitness Center or something, and I took my children, and because I uh, had been exercising uh, regularly, my children could not keep up with me. And that's the kind of strength that God said he will give to you. It will surpass those that are youthful. You'll have the strength to endure. You'll have the strength to endure uh, circumstances and situations where others might faint. And so God has promised us strength. And so we don't have to worry about if we're going to fall or faint or if, if, if things are going to overtake us. All we need to do is call on the Lord, and he said he will strengthen us. All right? And um, so we understand that God has promised us uh, these personal blessings. 
these are blessings that we uh, uh, that helps us in life, in this life, not in our eternal life, and not in life after death, and not in the life when Jesus returns. This, these are the personal blessings that helps us with our day-to-day living. And so uh, I love it because God has promised us these things according to life, not according to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life, but according to life. He has promised us these blessings to give us life and to have life more abundantly, not running after a uh, 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 or chasing the wind or or, or, or or tiring ourselves out by running after false hopes and false dreams and things that don't really satisfy. But giving us strength for the day, strength for our journey. And so he has also promised us, and we understood that he promised us wisdom. And we thank God and we understood um, that um and when we were studying wisdom, we understood that Nathan the prophet used great wisdom when he brought rebuke to David. And so God gives us this kind of wisdom that's first pure and easily to be entreated. It's not the wisdom of this world, but it's the wisdom that comes down from above. And then the word of God said he promises us success, that he promised us to be successful. He promised us prosperity, and that means that whatever we put our hands to do will prosper. It won't be like in Hosea, as we read in Hosea, uh, when we have um, we put uh, money in, in in pants with holes in it, and we labor for that that doesn't satisfy. But He gives us prosperity where we are prosperous, where we are satisfied with the work of our labor. He gives us a return for our labor. It's not like we're uh, throwing things away and throwing things to the wind and we're just working for nothing, but he gives us a return for our labor. He blesses us with success. And the word says that if we meditate in his word both day and night, we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of the water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Now that is prosperity. That is the promise of God that will bring forth our fruit in season, that he has promised us a blessing that uh, 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 our leaf won't wither. And so we thank God for the promises of God, for the wisdom of God, for the strength of God, for God blessing us and enabling us to have life and to give us the tools for life. And so it would be difficult if he promised us life and didn't give us the tools for life. And so uh, on last week, we uh, studied that God will give us honor. And that's one thing uh, that's really that that we don't really that we take for granted that uh, man is just supposed to honor us and no I, I was listening to the radio this morning um, and I heard somebody talk about respect and he said respect and responsibility go together and he says uh, you can love somebody just because there are a person but respect is a uh, uh, is is um 
earned that a person who's taking care of their responsibility, then you can respect them. When they are responsible, then you can respect them. And so God says he gives honor to those of us who walk upright, who serve him. And so I'm going to add to that who are responsible, that we're responsible responsible about what we're doing, responsible about what God has given us to do, that we're not lazy and slothful and, and just throwing things around, but he gives us honor that we respect him and we respect ourselves because we are responsible. We're responsible for uh, getting our task done. And so you respect the person who's responsible. And so honor comes to people who are taking care of their business. Mm -hmm. Honor comes to people who walk upright and serve God. That's the word of God. He said, I'll give you honor. Uh, Those people will honor you because you serve me. You know, he says in 1 Samuel, the second chapter, in the 30th, 30th verse, it says, the Lord says, them that honor me, I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And so basically he's saying that if you honor him, if, and in honoring him, you are responsible. You honor him to do the things that he requires, that he requests, that he desires of you. And if you honor him, now I used to hear, uh, and he was Minister Downton then, Minister Downton used to say, if you take care of God's business, he'll take care of your business. Because he was a young entrepreneur, and he had a couple of businesses, and he relied on God to help him with his business, but he was a minister of the gospel, and he was always ministering the word of God, always singing about God's people. And so he took up the motto that if you take care of God's business, he'll take care of yours. And so the Lord says that, them that honor me, I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And that means lightly esteemed means that people won't uh, give two hoots about you. They, they don't respect what you say. They don't care. They overlook you. They don't care who you are. They don't, they don't, they don't, your opinion does not matter. You will be lightly esteemed. And so it behooves us to honor God. Uh, Psalms, the 91st chapter, 14 through 15 says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. So the word of God says, because he has set his love upon me, I'm going to honor him. First of all, it says I'm going to deliver him, and he shall call on me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. And I think that's a pretty good promise, that the Lord said he will be with you in trouble. Now, uh, we are not promised that we're going to have a troubleless life, that life is going to be trouble-free. Yes, we're going to have trouble in this life, but God said he would be with us in trouble. So we thank God for the promise that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, 
for thou art with me. So it, it does not say that we're not going to walk through dark places and we're not going to walk through valleys, but the word of God says, yea, though I walk through, he is going to be with me. So I thank God for his promises. They are abundant. And so when we began to understand that man shall live by the word of God and every word that proceeds out of his mouth, this is his word. His word says, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's going to be with you. That is his word. That is his promise. And so I was listening to a man today, and he was saying that we need to call God on his promises. We need to have a conversation with Lord, with the Lord and to remind him of what he has promised. Not that God does not remember. It's that sometimes we have to reaffirm in our own selves that God does love us and that he is a, word, he is a man that cannot lie. We have to reaffirm these things in ourselves and have a little talk with the Lord and say, God, you said that you would give me honor and you said said that you would strengthen me, and you said that if I lack wisdom, all I had to do was ask you. And Father, in this circumstance, in this situation, I lack wisdom. And you said, if I ask you for wisdom, you said you would give it to me, and you would give it to me liberally. So I'm expecting a high dose of wisdom in this situation. I'm expecting expecting a great outcome based on the wisdom that you will endow me with in this particular situation. Because, Lord, I am a fool in this situation. The people, now I'm going to say this, a lot of us, uh, as Bishop was reading the scripture on Sunday, it says the men of the world are wiser than the children of light. A lot of us are very naive. Okay, because a lot of us have been brought up in the church and we have been sheltered from a lot of things. And the people of the world have been wheeling and dealing and dealing with issues and getting over on people and playing games. And so sometimes when we come into these situations, we come up against people who are wise in their own wisdom. And we are like a, a little fish in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a tank full of sharks. But the Lord said that he would give us wisdom. So I don't worry about being the small fish in the tank full of sharks. The Lord will give me wisdom to deal with the sharks. Somebody say amen. 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 These are the promises of God. And so I have no need to fear. I have no need to fall back and, and draw up and draw back because I think that somebody has a one-up on me. You know, uh, the scripture says that, uh, and I forget where it is, basically he's saying that when you go to court or when you have to go to defend me, don't worry about what you have to say. I will give you the words to say at the time that you say it. Uh, 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 God, I wish I could find that. I'm sure I cannot. But he's saying that I will fill your word, your mouth with words. 
Uh, you don't have to worry about what you shall speak or what you shall say, but I, I will give you what to say and when to say it. I will fill your mouth with words of wisdom. And so the Lord of God is our God, and he is our help. He is our ever-present help in the time of need. And so, uh, yes, sometimes I do feel inadequate, but the Lord is my source, and the Lord is my help. And this is not to say that we should not uh, prepare ourselves and equip ourselves. You know, yes, we need to equip ourselves and prepare ourselves and uh, make ourselves uh, 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 viable and, and put ourselves out as a commodity. This is not to say that we don't have to prep ourselves, but God will take up the slack. Amen. Wherever you fall, fall short, God will pick up the slack. And so if we just move forward in the power of God and believe God, the promises of God, God will bless us because he has promised us. He has given us all of these promises, but we need to rehearse them before the Lord. We need to remind him when we're feeling faint, Lord, I'm feeling faint. Uh, I, I don't know if I can make it, but your word promised that you will give me strength, and your word promised that you will give me strength like you give the eagle. You've given me the strength uh, comparative to that of the eagle that mounts above my circumstances, that mounts above my situations. And so we have to remind God, not that God has to be reminded, but we have to reaffirm these things within ourselves so that we can move in the power and the confidence of God. And so it is impossible to please God without faith. And so we've got to believe that he is. We've got to believe that when I'm overcome and I feel like fainting, that he's going to give me strength. When I'm in a situation that, I, that, that I'm in over my head and I don't have the wisdom, that all I have to do is ask God for the wisdom. As a young mother, I don't have the wisdom to raise my children. All I have to do is ask God for the wisdom. You know, sometimes... Um, uh, I'm so thankful that I, I'm 62 this year, and I'm so thankful that I don't have young children in this generation because I just don't have the wisdom for this generation. But if it came to it that I would have to have young children in this generation, I guarantee you God will give me the wisdom for the situation, that God will enable me and empower me. And first of all, like he did Sarah, he had to strengthen Sarah to bear a child, and then not only did he have to strengthen her to bear the child, he had to strengthen her to raise the child. You know, so God is omniscient, omnipotent, all-powerful, and so we have to rely and depend on his promises. And so we thank God for the promises of these personal blessings. Uh, yes, I appreciate the promises of the future blessings, the promises of eternal life. These are the things that I set my goals for, eternal life and life after death and Jesus' return, because Jesus is going to return, and heaven. But God has promised me blessings for the here 
and the now, strength for my journey, wisdom in this land, and then success. He has promised me success, that whatever I put my hands to do shall prosper. And then he says that I wish above all things that you would be in health and, and prosper even as your soul prospereth. So it's not only that God wants us to be uh, uh, prosperous in our inner man. It's not just that he wants us to prosper in our spirit and in our soul, but he wants us to prosper in our life. And so we thank God for the promise of success, that he has promised us success. And so when we put our hands to do something, we should not doubt that uh, we can, we're, we're not going to be successful in it. Now, I'm going to say this. Uh, my husband and I uh, started a business, and uh, I, I want to say we were successful, and then I want to say we were unsuccessful. But what we did learn was what we were successful at. What we did learn was where our gifts are and where our abilities lie. And what we did learn was God blesses us according to our design. And our success comes from walking in the design that God has given us and the empowerment that God has given us. It's no point in me running off uh, across trying to do other things because it looks desirable, but I have to do what God has created me to do and to be what God has created me to be. And that's where I'll find good success, not trying to uh, 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 keep up with the Joneses or be what uh, – Sister Drumgold is. I think she has such a wonderful gift of communicating with people. I mean, she's just so wonderful in that, but I'm not. And so I'm not trying to be who she is. I've got to be how God has created me and designed me to be, and there I'll find success. And then God has promised us honor. And so as we move in him, and live in him and, 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 and serve him and, and obey his word. If we honor him in obeying his word, he said he would honor us. And there's nothing better than honor. I'm telling you, it's nothing better than people honoring you and not being lightly esteemed. Like, like the scripture says that you would be lightly esteemed, that people will look over you and, and, and not even uh, regard your person. That's being lightly esteemed. But God said he would honor you Well, people will begin to say, hey, how are you? What is your opinion? Uh, uh, this is uh, so-and-so, so-and-so, ma'am. And so, and as I said before last week, I used to be, uh, like, taken aback when people would say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. But then I had to stop and think about that. They are really giving me a great honor by respecting me, by saying, yes, ma'am, and respecting who I am and respecting my place of authority by saying, yes, ma'am. That's an honor that God gives. And so I thank God that I've, uh, uh, and I heard this gentleman say, uh, uh, and he was giving an allegory about a man who was 50 and 60 years old and he was getting out of um, a car and he had on uh, 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 sneakers 
that weren't tied up, and he had on pants that were hanging down below his butt, and his underwear was showing. This is a man who does not deserve honor because he does not know who he is. You are a you are well beyond the foolish stage of wearing your pants down below your butt. You are well beyond that stage. You are be, you are lightly esteemed. And so when someone wants an opinion, are they going to ask this 50 or 60-year-old man that's supposed to have wisdom for being here on the earth all of those years? No, he's going to be lightly esteemed. And so God gives honor to those who honor him. Amen. And so at this time, I'd like to hear somebody have some type of a comment. That was one of that verse that you was looking for about God, uh, the words on our mouth. It says, uh, and I will put my words in thy mouth, and I have covered thee with the shadow of mine hand. Is that the verse you were speaking of? No, no, no. This is a scripture that's in the New Testament where he's speaking of coming before judges. Think not what you're going to speak at the time because I will put my words in your mouth. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I came on a little, I came on a little late tonight. I apologize. It's okay. Well, beloved, we are continuing to study the promises of God. And I tell you every week, it gets to be more of a blessing to me because it seems to me to make the word of God more alive. Uh, Sometimes we forget what the promises that God has given us, so many promises in his word. And um, it's good to just rehearse and to remind ourselves that God is a good God and that he is a loving God and that he has equipped us for this life that he has called us to. He didn't just call us to be it and then just leave us, but he gave us the tools to live a successful life. Okay. So, beloved, yes. I think it may be um, Luke 11, now Luke 12 and 11 and 12, and when they bring you to the synagogues and to magistrates and powers, take you no thought how or what thing you shall answer or what you shall say, for the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour, what you ought to say. Absolutely, that's it. That's it. That is absolutely it. So this is where God says, I'm going to give you what to say. You don't have to worry about uh, being intimidated by others and and magistrates and powers. Where was that scripture again now? It's in um, Luke 12. And it's the 11th and 12th verse. Luke 12. You don't mm-hmm. have to be intimidated. You don't have to be intimidated by magistrates and all of those things. I will give you what to say at the time that is needed. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when they, yeah, 11. And when they bring you into the synagogues and unto magistrates and powers, okay, these are authorities. Take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say. 
For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. And so here he's saying that I'm going to give you what to say. I'm going to give you the wisdom. I'm going to give you the words of empowerment at the time that you need it. So we thank God because God has promised us to give us what we need when we need it. And so we don't have to worry about uh, who we are and who we are not and who we're standing against, and, 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 and we don't have to worry about any of those things. All we have to do is rely on God. And so he says, for the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. And, you know, I'm reminded of when I was a very young woman, and I was, um, uh, I, I think Natalie must have been about, 16, 18 months, and I was in school, and uh, it was imperative that I pass a test. And there was one particular piece that I could not, I didn't know the answer to, and I was newly saved. And I, I began to say, God, you said you'll bring back to my remembrance all things if I just ask you. And I sat there for about 10 minutes. And bring and rehearsing that word to God. You said you'll bring it back to my remembrance, and I'm relying on you. And sure enough, the answer surfaced. <laughs> and sure enough, it, I got the answer. It came up from I don't know where, but the Lord blessed me. And so God promises us wisdom, and He promises us that we're not going to be standing naked before people without understanding and awareness and what to say. Amen. All right, beloved? Amen. Amen. Does anybody, does everybody agree? Do you understand? Do you have a comment? Uh, well, all right. I'm sorry, go ahead. I say I understand. Okay. All right. Well, then, beloved, we're going to uh, close. We're going to ask uh, uh, Deacon McClendon, and she will close us out in prayer tonight. Father God, we just come before you, O oh God, just thanking you for this Bible study hour, O oh God. God, we just pray that you will uh, continue to um, anoint the teacher, O oh God. God, we just pray that you will continue um to help us to be with us, O oh God, as we study your word, O oh God. We pray for everybody on the line, O oh God. We pray that everyone gets an understanding of what is being said, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. And we'll see Grace you guys on Sunday. Grace and peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.